eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's always game day in Cleveland, but we're always talking about whether it's the Browns or the NFL. We're getting you up to speed on what's going on in the world, and we're giving you a little bit of opinion, too, and we appreciate yours as well at Game Day CLE. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. If you like what you're listening to, remember to subscribe to the It's Always Game Day in Cleveland feed. Uh, Daryl, let's talk about another subject that came out uh, again this week, although it's been lingering for a while, especially when you've got an owner that might have been putting money aside that maybe should have gone to other teams, which is not always a good look when it comes to the other owners in the NFL. Um, There was a story that came out on Pro Football Talk that said the owners are reportedly counting votes towards a potential ouster of Daniel Snyder from Washington's football team. Um, and it even gave a number that they're trying to get to 24. What's the story here and what's going on? Well, I, look, I mean, Dan, Daniel Snyder has been under fire for years and years and years. And, and when you uh, when you look at the Washington uh, franchise, now the commanders, um, it's just been one scandal after another under his leadership. And owners have turned a blind eye to those scandals. Except now, <laughs> they're not. And the, reason, the only reason why they're paying this any attention or taking any of it seriously, not so much that Congress is getting involved, but because their money is involved. That the accusations being made is that Daniel Snyder was operating two sets of books and was allegedly uh, scheming and withholding money from the till, from the, the revenue-sharing pool. 
that will get billionaires' attention each and every time. So right. uh, alleged sexual harassment, uh, discrimination, uh, toxic work environments, terrible management of the franchise, a stadium that is literally falling apart, that they have had to continuously downsize year by year by year. I mean, I remember when that building opened uh, outside Washington, D.C., they had crowds of 80,000. Now they're taking capacity to below 70,000, right? Uh, right. That, not, that, none of that was good enough to get owners to consider getting rid of this guy, as bad as that is. But the m- moment you start jacking with the books – that's going to get people's attention. And again, these are accusations that have been levied by uh, a former employee. The accusations were made to an oversight committee in Congress. So Congress has kind of gotten themselves involved, not like they have you know, more important issues to worry about other than the operations of an NFL franchise. Uh, but You know, the NFL gets a lot of corporate welfare in the form of stadium subsidies and tax breaks and stuff like that. The Browns are beneficiaries of that uh, as well. Uh, And Snyder has been looking for a new stadium deal in the D.C. metropolitan area, whether whether that new stadium ends up getting built um, in the actual District of Columbia, whether it ends up in Maryland, uh, the, you know, the Maryland Stadium Authority, which, of course, uh, runs uh, Oriole Park at Camden Yards, as well as M&T Bank Stadium, the home of the Ravens and the Orioles there in Baltimore. Do they go to uh, Northern Virginia? Uh, there was talk that they put a stadium in one of the richer uh, communities uh, in Northern uh, Virginia in the nation. Uh, and that's, of course, that's where all the, the political lobbyists uh, I guess, reside or, or do their business. But, um, yeah, when, when you're talking about allegedly messing with other owners' revenue, they're going to take a look at it. And if they believe that that ultimately was happening, that Daniel Snyder was skimming off the top, yeah, he's he, he's going to get kicked out. <laughs> there, there's no doubt in my mind they will show Daniel Snyder the door. So, Um, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out, but it's fascinating to me, all the horrible stuff that has come out about Daniel Snyder in the last 20 years, his owner of the, uh, the Washington franchise, uh, you know, the Washington commanders previously Washington football team previously, uh, as, as we know, uh, the, the Washington Redskins, um, yeah, it's now this, this is what's going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back is going to be. Uh, the allegation that uh, he was, uh, you know, operating two sets of books and trying to hide revenue from other NFL owners. That's what's going to get him thrown out. If, Isn't that again, amazing? It, it finds out if, they, if it ultimately ends up being true. We don't know yeah, if it's true. The, it's an allegation. Again, got to right. stress, an allegation. But if it's true, I can guarantee you he's going to get shown the door. Well, <laughs> I just thought it was interesting that it was called the death kneel in uh... – Pro football talk. Meredith, I'd love your take on this here in a second. I just I wonder, you know, how owners look at other owners when they go to ouster them. Because I think it's hard for an owner to want to ouster another owner when they know they've got to look in the mirror. And then never never mess with my money. Never mess with my money. That's the only thing that matters here, Andy. It it's not about any of these other scandals that have uh transpired, okay? 
this this is cold hard math to these owners, and that is, you know, as long it, it, as long as you're an uh, an equitable partner in the league, right? You are generating revenue for the league that we all get to share in the wealth and the prosperity. It's part of the reason why uh, we ended up with the Haslam's here in Cleveland to replace. Uh, the Lerner family or the Lerner family trust, whatever the, the actual legal thing, you know, Randy Lerner was not, uh, all that invested in, uh, generating all this new, helping the league generate all this new money here in Cleveland. Then the Haslam's come in. One of the first things they do is they get the stadium renovated, right? Um, granted they, uh, privately finance the bulk of that, do the, the the naming rights they did with uh, you know First Energy to cover a lot of the cost. They ended up getting some money from the city of Cleveland because of course the city of Cleveland actually owns the building. But that was one of the first things they did was you know get some money put into the stadium, which you know the Lerner family just really wasn't all that interested in doing. Well, they um, were when, when backtrack on that because when Al was there, when Al owned the team, I think he was. I mean, there were little things that I think fans didn't even know that the learners were paying for, including I'm, – I'm just thinking of one little thing. The escalators that were – Well, yeah. Uh, dumb. I mean – He I, had to I cover just, all – yeah. I mean, that, look, yeah. the stadium was built half you know what it to begin oh, with. Oh, it was a mistake. Okay. The whole thing's a mistake. I mean, can we be honest? That stadium should never be there. That stadium oh, needs to be on the other side of the, uh, the inner belt alongside 77 before 490. That's where that thing should be. There's plenty of uh, there's plenty of space there. We would have had a whole sports uh, area between you know football, baseball, and basketball or hockey or whatever. I mean, all those venues should be near each other. That real estate where that stadium sits right now is a complete waste of real estate. And I'll argue till I'm blue in the face that they need to put a roof, a retractable roof on that thing, so we can use it for things other than football. Go right. look at every other city. Go look at Indianapolis. Well, Go we're look going at places do, like that. It drives me crazy. We're going to do a stadium podcast here uh, sometime this summer uh, okay. because I've been looking into a lot of stuff regarding the future of where the Cleveland Browns are going to be able to play football. And um, it, it, it's, it's going to be interesting to see. They've already begun the process behind the scenes of evaluating – their options, but um, it, it, so it, it, we'll do an entire podcast on stadiums and financing. I, I'll say this: Cleveland has gotten off easy compared to other cities. Uh, you know, there I right. know there was as the Cavaliers were going through their process for the the transformation of Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. There was a opposition to more public money going into the building. Uh, ended up being around 70, 75 million in public money uh, up front going into that project. The Guardians got around $200 million uh, uh, to uh, renovate Progressive Field. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, y'all got a discount because when the Browns come calling, it's not going to be for a hundred or a hundred and fifty million dollars. It's going to start with a B. It's going to start with billion because that's what these new buildings cost. And again, we'll get into it in a later podcast. But a new stadium for the Browns not only is going to be a necessity, 
but it's going to be very, very, very expensive, especially if you want to roof on that thing, Andy. So we'll, we'll talk about that down the road. But, you know, back yeah, to – I'm looking the, forward to it. Uh, yeah, back well, to I – still, I still want – just quickly, Meredith, I want your take on that Beltway thing because I think you're closer to it than we are about what's going on in Washington, just knowing that area and knowing what, what fans – like, I feel bad for Washington football fan. They're diehard. I think they're great fans, and I think they've been, you know, they've been handed a pile of you know what for the last couple of years. Kind of like Browns fans. Yeah. I mean, this has been twelve to fifteen years in the making, minimum. Uh, right. I think the threads around Dan Snyder started unraveling around 2010. Uh, that's the earliest in my memory where people were really, really starting to get frustrated with him, and it's just. Every year, there has been something else building from there was season ticket issues, I want to say around 2013, 2014, where season ticket holders were unable to transfer their tickets. Like if they couldn't make a game and they wanted to sell their game to somebody, there was something within the season ticket office saying that they weren't allowed to transfer their tickets, period. So if you couldn't go to a game you know, you were out that amount of money. So there were things like that. There were things with Dan Snyder trying to put his influence on the team. I don't think anyone was really happy about the drafting of RG3. And that was a, that was a Dan Snyder move. So it's just all of this stuff has been so long coming. And I think Washington football fans, myself included, have just been waiting for the one thing, for that thing, the straw that was going to break the camel's back, because every year it has been increasingly frustrating more and more. And then finally, and I'm, you know, I'm disappointed that some of the other scandals that have come out in the past five years weren't really what did him in. But yeah, the minute we all saw that he was allegedly messing with the books, that's, uh, that was going to be his downfall. I think we all kind of had that feeling. So this has been a very long and frustrating road for Washington football fans. I remember arguing with some of my Cleveland Browns fans when I was still living in DC and we were trying to argue which franchise was more embarrassing, which franchise was more frustrating. (laughs) And I always said, and I always said, and this was probably around 2014, 2015, I think. And I said, the worst thing the Cleveland Browns do is lose. I would rather have a team that just loses than a team with all of the issues <laughs> surrounding the way it has been with Dan Snyder. And obviously things have changed since then. But yeah, at the time I was like, the worst thing the Cleveland Browns do is lose. So I just, I am waiting with bated breath to see if the owners can get the 24 votes needed to oust him. Uh, I don't know who would take over the team. I don't know how much he would sell it for, but for for Washington fans, we have been waiting for this for a very long time. Better to have the stadium in D.C. or Northern Virginia or, so, or, or towards Northern Virginia. What do you think? It's hard because there's not a lot of real estate in D.C., but you've seen successful stadiums like uh, RFK and now Audi Field, which is where uh, D.C. United plays and the Nationals play downtown as well. Right. The Capitals do. I mean, every Washington-based franchise plays in D.C. except for the football team. Uh, There's not a lot of real estate, but it's possible. I think one of the hard parts about having the stadium out in the suburbs is it can be really difficult to get to depending on where it is. So for right now, it's in Landover, Maryland, which is really difficult for people who are, say, in Virginia 
to get to. Even harder for people who are in D.C. because there's no public transportation nearby. You have to, you know, take a metro to a point and then you've right. got another two to three mile shuttle ride before you get there. So it's a really interesting conundrum that the Washington football team is in because downtown is central to where the fans are. But if you put it in a place where you have more real estate, like, say, Ashburn, Virginia, which right. is where the training facilities are, Ashburn, Virginia is really far out there. That's like an hour or more outside of D.C. So if you're living in, say, Chevy Chase, Maryland, and you right. want to go to to a football game, and you're not going to drive to Ashburn. That's just – that is a long drive. So I That's think – That's the equivalent of having the Browns move to Canton, Ohio. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Right. So it it's really difficult. I mean, personally, I would love to see it downtown. I know that the D.C. mayor, or at least I'm pretty sure the D.C. mayor – doesn't want that stadium anywhere near <laughs> the District of Columbia as long as Dan Snyder owns the team. So maybe if Dan Snyder is forced to sell, then D.C. might actually open up and say, OK, yeah, go ahead, build a new football stadium here. We want it. Yeah, they can demolish RFK and just put it on that site. But the, the again, the opposition, hit, like you, you were talking about, has been Daniel Snyder. And that's the other part of this. If Snyder and these scandals uh, – you know, if it's preventing the league from getting more corporate welfare in the form of stadium subsidy, um, you know, that, again, goes to money. That's what gets you in trouble with NFL owners is money. It not Everything else is can be brushed under the rug. We have seen that time and time again, but it's money. I would probably say that the situation in Carolina uh, with Richardson, when he got ousted over – uh, the workplace, the toxic workplace environment uh, and the alleged racism uh, that took place like that was out of the ordinary because typically for NFL owners, it's usually only money gets you thrown out of the good old boys club. And in that case, they made an ex and in that case, they made an exception. But um, yeah, if they find that Snyder's been messing with the books and they find that all of this stuff is preventing them from getting more free corporate uh, money uh, from uh, the taxpayers for a new stadium there in D.C. Yeah, I, I could absolutely see them eventually showing uh, Daniel Snyder uh, the door and then, uh, you know, Washington can finally get uh, that new stadium that they've been trying to build. And the sad thing is the, the one they play in isn't that old. I believe it's around no. the it's around the age of uh, first energy stadium. It was opened, uh, you know, in, his, in the late 90s there. Um, but it just, you see all the videos on social media of just what a dump it is. Nashville, Tennessee, uh, with the Titans, their stadium is in, uh, disrepair. Saw some photos and video of that over the weekend. Buffalo's going to get a new stadium. They got nearly a billion dollars in taxpayer money. So yeah, we're going to do a whole stadium podcast. We might even do like a whole series of stadium podcasts because there's so much, uh, to talk about and what goes on behind the scenes and putting these type of stadium deals together, getting the things built, maintaining them, all those type of things. But uh, the Browns are going to be on the clock here. They're about to hit the on-deck circle as far as needing a new stadium. And, yes, the city of Cleveland, Cuyahoga County, and state of Ohio, prepare to grab the checkbook because you're going to have to pay up. He is Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin, and this is It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. We always appreciate you listening. Our show is produced today by Meredith Kane. If you like what you're hearing, remember to subscribe to the It's Always Game Day in Cleveland feed. You can always join in 
at Game Day CLE. And remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cleveland.